This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life, with your host students from Nate's radio and television program. Brian Hall, thank you so much for uh, well, doing pleasure. this. my <laughs> pleasure. I mean, Nate sent us a lot of people over the years. We try to get out in the industry as much as we can. Well, there's a lot of graduates I've worked with. Oh, right on. Oh, lots of them. That's always a good thing to hear, that the program has some good success to it. Oh, lots of success. <laughs> so my first question is, what initially got you into broadcasting? Well, that was a fluke. I had no Really? In- oh, I had no intention of going into broadcasting. I, uh, a friend of mine had wanted to go into broadcasting. I hadn't ever given it one moment's thought, not for a second. And I was uh, deciding what to do. I had just graduated from high school, and I was hanging around in the summertime, and I was thinking, you know, which direction do I go from here? Mm. I was standing outside the Garneau Theater coffee shop (laughs) on 109th Street, uh, 87th Avenue, because I went to uh, Garneau High, which was annexed with Old Skona, not the new Skona comp, but Old Skona, because I'm an old guy. Anyway... A friend of mine uh, came across the street, a classmate, and uh, I said, what the heck, what's up with you? What are you, what are you doing? Hey, man. And he said, I was just downtown. Now, you understand, at this time, we didn't even have television in Edmonton <laughs> because I started a very, very long time ago, very long. And he said he was downtown and he was taking an audition for a job in radio. There were only at that time four radio stations in Edmonton. There are now 20. Mm-hmm. But at that time, there were four. There was CBC, there was CFRN, there was CJCA, and there was a non-commercial station owned and operated by the Alberta government telephones, CKUA. And so that's where he had gone. Oh, and I said, oh, well, gee, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, what did they have you do? He said, well, he said they gave me a list of names to pronounce. He said a lot of them were classical names. I said, well, they're, they play a lot of classical music in that, man, you know. And uh, he said they gave me a, a newscast to read. And I said, no kidding. I said, did they let you hear it? <laughs> and he said, he said, yeah. And I said, well... That kind of intrigued me. And when he left, I had asked him the name of the person he had contacted, a fellow by the name of Jack Hagerman. And so I phoned because I thought, I'm going to go down there. I wasn't looking for a job. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read the newscast and have it played back to me and let me hear what I sounded like. You know what I'm saying? Just out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, I wasn't doing much else doing little lifeguarding at the South Side Pool and working at the uh, corner drugstore and, you know, stuff like that. I just graduated from, from high school. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, sure. He said, come on down on Friday, which was a couple of days away. I went down on the Friday, and I went in, and he threw this list of names, well, a lot of classical names and so on, but, but I was raised in a classical family. My mother was... Royal Conservatory of Music. Oh, no way. So when I saw Bizet, I didn't say Bizet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I knew about Bizet's opera, Carmen, etc., and all of these things, you see. Tchaikovsky and so on, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I rattled these names off. 
And uh, then he said, oh, he said, then they gave me this newscast to read. I'm making a long story out of this, but you hey, asked me. As long no, as you'd no, like. No, 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 but you asked me. <laughs> so uh, I said, okay. Well, I was a voracious reader. I read all the time. And I have a habit of reading almost a paragraph ahead. Like I'm, I can see a paragraph ahead while I'm reading at the moment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he gave me this newscast to read, and I read the newscast. And he went into the studio, and he sat down, played the newscast. I listened to myself and all of that. And he turned to me, and he said, how would you like a job? <laughs> and I said, pardon? He said, how would you like a job? Well, I hadn't really thought about what I was going to do. Certainly nothing to do with broadcasting. <laughs> and I said, when would, when, I don't know, when would I start? He said, how about Monday? <laughs> so I started Monday of 1953 in the summer, July, because I'd just gotten out of school at the end of June. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it ever since, which now makes it, what, 64 years. And the rest is decidedly history. As they say. (laughs) So you mentioned that at that time in the industry, there were only four stations. Uh, What was that landscape like at the time? (coughs) Were they competing? Was there a relationship between them? What was it like? Well, no, I mean, they were radio stations like radio stations are today. There were two commercial stations, CFRN, CJCA. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was CBC, and there was the CKUA operation. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, there were only at that time, there was maybe 150,000 people in Edmonton. Today we've got a million, too. Yeah. But it was 150,000 people, and it was a very different situation. As you might understand, 64 years ago, a lot <laughs> changes, right? Just a couple of things. So, no, I mean, that that was it. Then 19... 19- 54, the following year, the first television station came in here, which was CFRN Television. And then things started to roll from there. Mm-hmm. Ched started, 1954. And after a year at CKUA, they had said to me, why don't you go over and go for a job at Ched? And I said, I don't know. Gee, that's commercial radio, man. You know what I mean? And <laughs> they said, well, you, you really should give it a try. Anyway, I went over there. And uh, I got a job. And the man who hired me was Jerry Forbes. Mm -hmm. And in these parts, everybody knows the name Jerry Forbes because he started Ched Santa's Anonymous. And uh, they just opened the big Jerry Forbes Center. But 1954, and then things really started to roll. Now, on that roll, throughout time, stations have come (laughs) and gone in the city. There's been... Roll over here, roll over there. Was there ever a dark days period of radio in Edmonton? No. No? No, because they've just been adding to it. There's none that left. Mm. There hasn't been a one that's left. They've only added to the mm. to the pile. So it just kept increasing as the years went on. Mm. So now we're up to 20 or 21 signals here. Mm. I think we're, on a per capita basis, we're the most in Canada. It's a very, very competitive market. Mm-hmm. I think one of the instances I was thinking of was when uh, CKUA had their, their dark time. After being one of the originals, they shut down for a couple of years. And I, I remember their, their last broadcast finished off with, we'll be right back. And then... Uh, well, you know, actually, I, I stand corrected. And again, it's a long story. It directly involved me, and I'm not going to go into it because it's too long. <laughs> That's okay. No, I'm serious. But uh, CJCA shut down. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I was directly involved in it, and I was the reason why they shut down. And then they, because they still had a license, they received new ownership of that, and they started up again under a different format. I mean, stations have changed formats, mm. but the actual frequency has never gone. Mm. Now, a lot of people throughout their careers can always recall uh, one person that gave them that key advice that just kept them going throughout oh, the way. Oh, golly, golly, don't <laughs> tell me about that. No, 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 no. I can leave that one be for sure. Actually, but there was, there was a time when in my broadcast career, uh, there was a change for me. Mm-hmm. And that was after I'd been at uh, Ched for... I've made a lot of contacts in this business over the years. I have a gazillion stories, so I, it's hard for me to get to a story without having to relate something else to you that sets it up. Mm-hmm. Because one sort of had an effect on the other. Mm-hmm. But there was a fellow that I worked with here, L. Slate, who went on to become a billionaire owned Standard uh, Broadcasting, owned uh, the CTV network uh, and all all of that, and Slate Broadcasting, and uh, they became huge. But he at one time was a news director at CJCA, moved over to CHED when I was there as the the, uh, uh, national sales manager and things operated differently then because as a national sales manager, he went east and talked with uh, directly the advertising agencies, etc. And there he met a man by the name of Al Waters who wanted to start up a broadcast station, which he did, and that was the Chum Broadcast Network. Mm. Well, Al Slate, when he left, went down to Toronto and set up Chum at St. Clair and Young, and shortly after he opened it, he wanted me to go down there, and I did go. I went down there for three years with him because he was a dear friend of mine, Al Slate. Mm-hmm. We were together every day, had breakfast together every day here in Edmonton, etc. cetera. And uh, anyway, all of that aside, um, when I went down there, I received from the news director at CHUM, really, really great words of advice on how you properly cover a story because he was a former city editor of the Toronto Star, the Toronto Daily Star newspaper. Mm -hmm. And his father, he was also a city editor, Toronto Daily Star. And at that time, newspapers were very competitive, huge. There was the Toronto Telegram, the Toronto Star, the Toronto Globe and Mail. And they were absolutely huge and very competitive. So you had to take angles on stories that gave you the edge, that led the way, that made people want to read you. Mm -hmm. And he applied that to the broadcast business. And he changed me in the way that I worked and the way I covered stories. Meaning that the next day after a game is played, you don't go on the air and just read the scores and things because everybody knows what happened from the night before. Or if there was something that happened in a news story, 
and there was a big accident or a huge story or whatever, any story that took place, he said, you don't go with what that is. You jump on it and you update it. You get on the blower, you start and you start contacting people and ask them for a comment on the story and this and that and so on and all of these things. And he was absolutely right. That's how you properly cover a story. So if you're asking me about one person that would give me some advice that was really, really strong for me, for me, Bill Dryley would be it. That was, that was one of the best things that ever happened. Changed me, changed the way I operated. <clears throat> it changed the way I was on the air. And uh, it made a huge difference. In fact, it launched me. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that time period that you did leave Edmonton for, but you came back, and there was an interview from 2013 <clears throat> where an old acquaintance of yours commented that you were Edmonton's most devoted fan. In broadcast, you were one of the greats uh, on the broadcast mural. Oh, the one on the wall? Mm -hmm. The Giants of Edmonton was what it was. Oh, okay. Oh, you're talking about the one at 50th Street and 101st Avenue. Yeah, you're up that, there with uh, Rod and... With, uh, yeah, with yep. Ernie Afghanis, et cetera, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, what is it about Edmonton that's kept you here for so long? Broadcasters have come and they've gone and... Well, but... it's home. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I originally was from Toronto. I uh, lived in Winnipeg. Uh, again, I uh, th that's another major part of my life, but... I came here in 1950 during the big flood, the major flood, the forever flood, and still the biggest flood ever in Manitoba history. One of the, I guess, might even be one of the biggest in Canada, if not the biggest. Anyway, and I came here, and I really liked it. I was here with my sister and her husband, and I, I wrote my mother in Toronto. My father had passed on, and I wrote my mother, uh, and I said, uh, and she was in Winnipeg from Toronto. Uh, of course, and at that time I I, I uh, had only been in Winnipeg just maybe a year or so. But I said, I really like, this is a really nice city. They got a streetcar that goes over the big bridge and they got all this and it's really in the people. Are, boy, I'd, I'd really like to live here, you know. And so she moved here and that's how I came to come to Edmonton. And it's it's always been home, even though when I went to Toronto mm -hmm. and I spent those years in Toronto, I had an opportunity to go from Toronto to Buffalo to work in television radio there, and I said, thanks, but no thanks. And I decided after three years, and those were great years because I traveled with the Leafs, and they were Stanley Cup years, 62, 63, 64. And they won back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back Stanley Cups, and it was really a great, wonderful experience. Harold Ballard and, you know, Punch Imlac and the big M, <laughs> Frank Mahovlich and all these people. I mean, it was, it was a fantastic experience. And I covered all the other things as well. But mm -hmm. I decided to come back to Edmonton because it was home. And I had just bought a home here prior to leaving for Toronto. I just purchased my first ever home. I was married. I had a couple of kids. I think I was 23. And I just bought my first house. I was making pretty good money. So I rented the house out, never did live in it until I came back from Toronto. And it was, uh, it was always home for me. And then in 1965, I left from Ched because I'd come back to Ched, but I was not on the air because the fellow I had hired to replace me, I said, I'm not coming back. They asked me to come back and I said, I'll come back. But I, I said, you leave West, West Montgomery. I brought him to Edmonton. And uh, I said, put me in sales. Things just always happened for me, you know, always just happened for me. How I got into broadcasting, how I got into sports, 
how I got in to meet other people who changed my career, who made me a better broadcaster. I just continued. I never sought out anything. It just happened. That'll be my epitaph, I think. Here lies Brian Hall. It just happened. You know what I mean? Well, I just thought of that now. It works. Yeah, well, it works for me. Hey, it's not bad. Anyway, um, so I came back, and you see, five months after I was here, CJCA, uh, my old buddy, uh, Walt Rutherford, uh, who was the news director, and I I did play-by-play hockey and uh, all the other things. And I did it in Toronto. I was uh, Hockey Night in Canada with Billy Hewitt from the Gondola. Big SO uh, Imperial Oil, Saturday Night Hockey, you know, boom, 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 NHL hockey, all that stuff. But I came back, and uh, he said, why don't you come over to the station? You haven't, you've been back. You haven't talked to me. You haven't wondered what goes on. <laughs> so I went over there. We had a coffee. We talked. He said, oh, before you leave, he said, Dalt uh, wants to talk to you. Dalt Elton was the program and the manager. Hmm. And CJCA was big. I said, oh, yeah, gee. I said, I, I knew Dalt Elton. I said, yeah, I, I should. So I walked down the hall, went and talked with Dalt, and we're talking about old times, and he was talking. And then he says, do you think you could do football? And I said, what? <laughs> he said, do you think you could do football? And I said, I was a brash young guy. I was mouthy and brash and cocky <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff, right? And I said, well, um, <laughs> I said, what? Are you, what are you asking me? I said, you know I can do anything in broadcasting. What's wrong with you? Of course I could do football. He said, well, we need a guy to do the Eskimos. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, would you be interested? I said, well, what else is there? He said, well, you'd be the sports director. You'd have to do morning sport. You'd do the afternoon sports. We do a show on Sundays called The Topic of Sports. And uh, yeah, yeah, I said, only on one occasion, I said, you have to let me work part-time in sales. Hmm. And he said, really? He said, well, that's not a problem. And I said, well, you know. I said, I, I better think about it. Well, he says, well, you go think about it. And I paused. Okay. <laughs> I said there <laughs> eight seconds afterward. And I started working at CJCA. And that's how I started doing the Eskimos. I did them for 45 years. Yeah. And I rolled into sales. And that's where the money is in broadcasting, is in sales. <laughs> so I was, I was really in good shape because I had the broadcasting, I had the sales, and I was getting money from all angles, and things were rolling hot, and they just kept right on rolling. And that's something that our instructors constantly tell us is, you know, sales are the people with the nice cars in the parking lot, you know? Well, that's right. You just listened to an episode of the Off Mic Podcast. Produced by Nate Radio and Television students. Catch other episodes on Podbeam, iTunes, and NR92 on SoundCloud.